0: I truly believe that life happens for me, not to me. So when things show up that are unexpected and you might think of them as bad, I go, okay, I know life's happening for me. So where's the gift in this? Where's the good? How can I use this to take me higher?
1: What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. Today our guest is Monique Holm, and today we're learning a success story of someone who, she was a busy professional, she was a a lawyer who didn't like being a lawyer, got into real estate investing, you're to learn how she got her foot in the door, had a couple of, uh, let's say, upsets along the way, the Great Recession was one of them, and then a few other things happened again that you're gonna learn about. She continued to adapt, change her strategy, and stay with the market, keep moving forward, and is now doing multifamily and industrial real estate syndication very successful investor we're learning about her story all along the way probably the key that helped her be successful and continue pushing through when times kind of got tough whether it was the great recession or just skyrocketing real estate prices over the last 10 years or the coronavirus pandemic which would hit all of us right and and she's going to tell us about how it impacted her business and how she kept her mind in the right place, and kept pushing forward and made that work for her rather than against her in a certain way. So all very interesting stuff and a lot of very good lessons in here if you're someone out there who wants to invest in real estate, needs to learn about success stories, what helps people be successful, because remember, success leaves clues. So very great talking with Monique. You're gonna learn a lot today. If you're an Apple Podcast user and you're new to the show, you enjoy the show and you haven't done so yet, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate that so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, that gives me the warm and fuzzies because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. No matter what podcast app you use, if you haven't done so yet, do take a quick second, look us up, hit that subscribe button. That way you'll get every new episode straight to your mobile device. Every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, I'm your host Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. I met Monique uh, a few years ago, and uh, at an event, and she was speaking on stage, and it was great to reconnect with her, see how she's done even more since then in the intervening years, how things have changed, and also really learn more about her her backstory that that I didn't know, and uh, very. Inspirational, a lot of great lessons in here that uh, helped her push through some some tough times that that have occurred over the years and will occur to all of us really. So, uh, great lessons in here. So, without any further ado, here we go with Monique Holm. Monique, thank you for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: I'm excited to talk with you. We've already been talking here for a half an hour, but for our listeners out there who don't know, I actually saw you speak at stay on stage a few years ago at a real estate investing event, and it's great to actually finally connect with you uh, face-to-face, although over the internet. But for our listeners out there who don't know about you and your business, can you tell us a bit about what you do?
0: Sure. So I am a syndicator and an educator. I have a group for women investors called Real Estate Investor Goddesses. And then I also syndicate mostly multifamily and industrial properties right now.
1: Great. And you've had a very uh, impressive and I say I would say maybe varied journey as a real estate investor. You've done a number of things. And I think it would be instructive for our listeners out there to learn about the different maybe stages of your real estate investing career, go through those, what you've learned over time, and, and really kind of how you landed on where you are today. And, and why you think it's the best. So uh, let's rewind back to the beginning, I guess, with the first house hack.
0: Yeah. So I was an accidental investor. I did not start out to be a real estate investor. The only thing I'd ever been taught about real estate was that you should buy your own house. So in 2005, I set out to do that. I was working as a lawyer at the time. I had a decent salary, but in LA where I live, even making, I had a, a six figure salary, low six figures, but I could not afford something by myself as starter home, semi-decent, in a semi-decent neighborhood, upwards of $600,000, $700,000. And so in order to be able to afford it, actually, a friend of mine suggested that we buy a duplex together. Original idea was he'd live on one side, I'd live on another. And since I could afford half a house, I was like, okay, yeah, let's do that. But instead of finding a house with two equal sides, we ended up finding this one property that had um, a larger downstairs unit, smaller two bedroom and then a converted garage in the back. We each took a bedroom in the larger unit, rented out the upstairs, rented out the back house, even rented out our basement. And I was house hacking before I knew that was a thing. I was just I just was trying to afford a house and. And then next thing I know, it's like, these people are paying my mortgage. This is awesome. <laughs> and there are tax benefits. So that's how I, I fell into real estate, still not thinking of it as a way to build wealth, replace income. I just was taught that you get a job. I, you know, as a as a doctor, lawyer, professor, engineer, I pick law. As a lawyer, I work. You know, you're, I was going to work till I was sixty-five or seventy, get a gold watch, play golf for a couple of years, <laughs> and die. Right, that was the path. That was what I'd been taught. And the the house hack felt like a happy accident. And then I met my husband. He had a duplex, and then we got a single family rental together. After two thousand eight, actually got fired from my job when I was pregnant, whole other story, but it was oh, man. a blessing in disguise. Uh, the, one of the best gifts I've ever gotten, to be honest. And it was a hard time to get another job, but we had, we ended up selling one of our duplexes and we started to flip. That's all I knew about real estate investing from those HGTV shows. So, okay. We'd done some renovations, our own house. And we thought, okay, we could do this. We have some cash. So, and and houses were relatively cheap, LA cheap. <laughs> so we we started to flip houses, and after a few years, houses were not so on sale, and they were it was getting more and more competitive. So we found ourselves in 2015, feeling like, you know flipping is a job. It's not you know this is your this show is about passive wealth. This is not a passive thing. <laughs> you you find a property, you fix it up, you sell it. Hopefully, as a prof at a profit, and then you have to start over again. And I was tired of that. So I was starting, trying to find something more passive and looking for a fourplex, which was the biggest thing I could think of at the time. But nothing in LA made any financial sense. I was looking at a $2 million property plus that had zero cash flow. <laughs> and that was super frustrated. And around that time, I was introduced uh, by a mutual friend. To a guy who would be later become my mentor, Robert Helms. I met I met you at one of his events, and I was having this. We met at dinner. I remember it's October 15th. Our mutual friends like, oh, you know, my friend Robert's coming to LA. He'll be here tomorrow night. and Come out to dinner. He, he was he knew how frustrated I was trying to flip and finding um, trying to find a, a some passive income in LA, and having that conversation caught me on that neck like totally shifted everything and uh and he because he told me two things so the first thing because he was asking about my journey as telling him about the challenges with flipping and finding this uh, fourplex he said you know la is a tough market i always say live where you want to live invest where the numbers make sense and I went, oh! <laughs>
1: Until he said that,
0: I just assumed you had to invest where you could drive to your property, touch it, self-manage it. It just didn't occur to me that I could invest outside where I lived. So, and a, and I lived in such an expensive market, so that was game-changing. It literally opened up the world. And then he said, and you can get that fourplex by yourself, but you're limited to your own credit and capital. So what it If you could bring a group of investors together, you could get a 100 or 200 unit apartment building. And he started telling me about the benefits of that. My head exploded. I think. (laughs) I was like, what? That's a thing? I thought you, I literally thought you had to be a billionaire to do that. I never, it never would have crossed my mind that that was anywhere within the realm of possibility to even consider. But when he said that, I just, I had this whole body. Yes, yes, I want to do that. I want to. That's what I, you know, I want to I want to learn how to do that. And I want to, I also decide I want to be around people who think that that's normal. Because up until then, everyone around me thought a fourplex was a big deal. And they, so I was like, I want to be around people who think 200, 300 units is normal. I want to be around people who think that big. So I went home that night. I told my husband, I was like, there's a thing, it's called syndication. We <laughs> bring groups of investors together. I said, let's go. And we went to our first uh, to a, a training on syndication. And we were there January 2016, learning about it. A lot of it was over my head, but I was just so excited to be there. And we went full in, um, invested in trainings and that year. In 2016, we went from two doors at the beginning of the year to over a thousand. So, we, and paying less than we would have for that one fourplex in LA, <laughs> and by by bringing groups of investors together. So, it's not, a couple of those deals were passive. We we passively invested in two, and then we syndicated three deals that year.
1: Wow, that is quite the the journey. And then, if we're going from that point today, those first few deals, or that point then, to today, from those first few deals to where you are now in in twenty twenty one, what are you up to now? You mentioned multifamily and industrial. How has that changed since you started doing syndication?
0: Yeah, so. Our first, it was actually a mobile home park. Uh, And then we, we, but mostly we were a multifamily. We did do an RV park. We had a single family portfolio, but we were doing mostly multifamily. And in late 2018, 2019, we sold two of our buildings that we had purchased in 2016. And those buildings, they were in Albuquerque, New Mexico, C-class. And we sold them at a four cap Wow. Which is outrageous. <laughs> Good for us and our investors terrified me as a buyer because I went, wait, I'm gonna have to compete with people who are willing really to pay that much for this asset.
1: In Albuquerque, yeah. which is in not Albuquerque. Like a sexy market.
0: In, not not a hot market, right? So that's a that's a class in, you know, L A. you can get four. <laughs> that's like what is what is happening? so I and I thought okay let me let me see what else is out there what what other possibilities are there because I don't like being a buyer in a seller's market. I like being uh, I don't I was, where are, uh, let me look where the herds are not and I landed in industrial and we started doing industrial guess, yeah in twenty 2019. So since then, uh, we right now I think we're on our we have a six uh, like industrial office parks in Houston's about hundred and nine hundred and nine units, and then we have we've been buying these different facilities. So I think we're on like our, our we're buying our uh, seventh facility right now. Awesome. Yeah. So we're doing that. We, we, we just did another multifamily deal. so we, we will do it if the numbers make sense, but more about uh, industrial. And what I like about industrial is that you have triple net leases. And triple net for those who are listening who aren't who don't know. So with a regular lease, residential, right'll somebody will pay the, they'll pay the rent. Well triple net, they pay, the tenant will pay the rent, but they also pay all the property taxes, all the insurance and all the maintenance. <laughs> so, if there's an issue with the roof, they'll fix the roof. If there's an issue with the toilets, they will fix the toilets. There's very little uh, as a from the landlord's point of view that we have to do. We just we're paying our debt service. And that's it. We're also, uh, mostly what we do are these things called sale lease back. So we're buying facilities from a company that's using them. They want to sell it to get the equity, but then they lease it right back. So we don't even have to touch the properties. We don't have to change anything. We don't have to, no improvements. They're, it's just, they go from being the owner to the tenant. And um, and then we re-season the lease and sell it to an institutional buyer in a a few years. But that's how we flip those deals. Similar returns to multifamily, but with way fewer moving people, <laughs> moving parts. So, I'm a huge fan of these, these deals. So that's what we're that's what we're doing right now.
1: That's great, and I think it's like stepping back from the maybe finer points of of the changes that you've made over the over time. It seems clear to me from the outside that you've got your mindset on your side. Like you mentioned earlier in the conversation when you were let go from your uh, lawyer job, you were you were pregnant. And obviously, that was very difficult economic times. And then things have shifted over time. We've had difficult economic times or what looked like diff- difficult economic times at the time since then. And you're able to make changes and change your strategy and not just uh, fall by the wayside like some folks do. And I want to learn about that and and how, how you do that, how you just soldier through and, and make it work and and keep looking for those opportunities and, and seizing upon them, rather than not basically or letting them go. If that makes yeah.
0: sense. Yeah. Great question. I believe that the mindset piece is the most important. Tony Robbins says that success is twenty percent strategy, eighty percent psychology. So I do a lot of work on my psychology, and getting to that place where. I can see opportunities and, and I'm not focused on challenges, right? So yes, it was very challenging to be pregnant and or to actually when I had my newborn, uh, my baby was a month old when the market started to free fall. And so, but I truly believe that life happens for me, not to me. So when things show up that are unexpected and you might think of them as bad, I go okay. I know life's happening for me. So where's the gift in this? Where's the good? How can I use this to take me higher? And I'll give you an example of what I did this last year. So I have an education, real estate education uh, business for women. Mostly, our, our before COVID, our main revenue driver was live events. So we would do these live events, and you know, groups would come, sign up for our program, and that's that's how we're doing it. And we had this big live event happening in April 2020. And so we're getting ready for that. And then March shuts down. (laughs) We can't do our live event. And we don't know when we're going to be able to do it. So I pause because, you know, after a few I mean, I had my moments of freak out, like, what the F am I going to do, right? What? And then I went, wait, life happens for me. So how could I use this to maybe have an even bigger impact, have more fun, make more money, have this be the greatest thing that ever happened? And I sat and I thought and I decided instead I would do this virtual event. I to survive and thrive through COVID-19. brought smartest women I knew and women doing um, asset classes that I knew would be that are very recession resistant and uh, and different people that talk about what's happening in the economy and how they could take this, what was happening and t- to thrive. And instead of having 300 people at my live event, I had over 1300 people Whoa. joining this virtual event. It was really powerful Loved it. I had my highest, you know, revenue month to date at that time. <laughs> like it was this, everything worked out super well, but it was asking a different question. This like, well, is like, wow, was this? So when, and then the flip side too, when I sold, we sold those properties at a you know, really great price that, you know, I knew that was a, a good thing. It was a very good thing, but it was also, hmm what else could be like how can i <laughs> where is the value like, how can i can i make this uh, or look at this in a different way how can i can going to find a different way of being because i'm seeing how competitive it is and uh, and that's what led me um, towards the industrial path and finding an asset class that's actually been uh that i think did the best over this past like 20 in 2020 and is is thriving
1: wow so is that something um, that you, I believe, you mentioned that you work on it constantly. But was there a point in time in your life where that that switch flipped and you went from not understanding the the power, or the benefit, the importance of psychology to getting it and making the shift and and making changes? Is it something that's innate in you? Were you raised that way? Where did that all kind of come from in your Know, experience how did that impact your life in the beginning?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. I was always uh, somebody who read a lot and loved to learn. And then when I was, I remember when I was 18, I read this book uh, that my, my dad had lying around about the brain. But there's this one chapter that was not at all about the brain, but made such a big impact. So the the author, and I don't remember the name of the book, and I don't remember, anything, but I remember the, the content of this particular chapter. And he was talking about how he said, you know, 10 to 15% of the population are insane. There's something chemically wrong with their brain that where they cannot, you know, they're they're just not gonna live a life that most <laughs> of us would want to live, right? There's something there's something wrong that they they're not gonna have a great fulfilling life in in every area. And then he says, there are 10 to 15% of the population that he calls sane. So he's like, there's a 10 to 15%. He's like, they're insane. 10 to 15%. He goes, they're sane. They are living in every area of their lives. They are, there's, the relationships are working. Not that they have no problems, but great relationships. They love what they're doing with their career. They're, you know, finds like things are together and they're really living truly sane lives. He said, then there's 70% of the population that are unsane. So there's nothing. Thing that's keeping them from living the you know this life that's really great in every way. But they, for whatever reason, they stay in terrible jobs or toxic relationships, and and they just settle for for things that are less than um, less than they they could or should be. I remember reading that and going, "Wow, I want to never be unsane, and I want you know I want to live a life that's sane, and and that's you know in every way. I also There's a part of me that says, I'd like to help other people be sane, too, and not be unsane, but that came later, but one of, and I had my moments, though, when I was very unsane. When I, when I worked as a lawyer, I was absolutely miserable, hated my life, but I was, and I was following this path that other people said I should follow, Um, you know, and I, I, I was not t- tuning into my own guidance and wisdom about what I need to do it's just like okay well it said go to college grad school you know in the ivy league law school big law firm partnership track I should be ridiculously happy but I was I was absolutely miserable I was unsane in every way and uh I ended up my body I ended up with a a ruptured appendix and in the hospital um, and having 30 days at home afterwards recover. I don't know what caused it. I'm sure it was caused from stress from the job. But when I, I realized at that point uh, especially when the doctor told me that I'd have to be in the hospital for several days and then had 30 days afterwards. And my first thought was, Oh, thank God. I don't have to go to work. (laughs) I was
1: like, wow, talk about insanity, right? Yeah.
0: I went, I need to do things differently because what I've been doing is obviously not working. I'm so miserable. And so I set out to find how to be happy and how to like, and not die. Cause literally my body was like, if you keep on this path, you will die. So I, I just, I became a student of personal development at that point and just searched for whatever I could, you know, no matter how, woo-woo or far as so I became a Reiki master and <laughs> I've like I've gone to all sorts of different things and um and just whatever worked I would I would put, I would bring in and and use and that has that has nourished me and fed me and fueled me throughout my
1: life interesting well I appreciate that love that story right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor Slash Ground Floor, or click the link in the show notes. Back to the show. All right, Monique, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready?
0: I'm ready. Great.
1: First one: What is the best investment you ever made, other than in your education?
0: That's that's a good question. Well, education would definitely be number one, which is why you you say (laughs) you know it. Don't talk about that. (laughs) I've had quite a few deals, but I think the and that's not going to be about a specific deal. The best investment is in relationships, and in because I think they like, like your network is your net worth. So I will definitely invest to be around people that will inspire me, that are playing a bigger game that I can learn from, that I can be inspired by, that are you know just good people. So I invest a lot in being around other people that will take me higher. And I think that's been the best. Those have been the best investments I've made.
1: Nice. Very important, especially in real estate. We had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made?
0: Oh, yeah. So the worst investment I've ever made, uh, there are a couple and they Both are really bad investments in part because of the people um, that I partnered with in that I did not, you know, since I've learned, I've learned a lot. So it was actually, they were not wasted, but they've they've been very, very valuable learning opportunities. (laughs) If not, so look, you know, not very bad um, uh, financially, but I've learned a lot about trusting my intuitive guidance when it says no, regardless of what on paper might look, you know, seem like a good deal. Um and yeah, just being around very high integrity people that are um that will do whatever it takes to make something work, but will do it in the right ways. So interesting. That, I guess that's that's my answer.
1: I thought you might say law school, but it sounds like uh...
0: <laughs> You know, you know the the ironic thing about law school? It was not the worst investment because I ended it. So that friend that I bought my first, uh, you know, duplex was the house hack. I met him in law school Mm. and through him, I met somebody else who connected me to the person who connected me to Robert. So if I hadn't gone to law school, I would not be here right now. It was through a series of relationships that started um, with someone I met in law school that I am here. So I wouldn't change a thing.
1: But it sounds like the deals that went wrong you were looking at the potential numbers too much and not maybe not focusing on the team Were they inexperienced was there misbehavior or malfeasance. I'm just, I want to like dig a little deeper on
0: what yeah. went wrong. Good question. So in one of them, there was no, no malfe and, and another, yeah, the person it's not like super bad, but they're not of the highest integrity and just they're, they're more on the operations side really not good at keeping a, a team <laughs> a team and it's just been you know issue after issue after issue. Um so it's just it was I think there was uh, an experience gap. They talked a bigger game than they actually had the experience. And then also uh like a lack of transparency and a and a lack of like total honesty and integrity.
1: Interesting. Okay. Good to know. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing?
0: The most important lesson I have learned is, is to trust that the inner voice, um, is to trust my intuition. You know, in every decision I've made where I have regretted it, I, I, there was that small voice saying, you know, I don't think this is right. And I ignored it and I went ahead and I did it anyway. And um, and then the the ones where it didn't seem to make sense, but my intuition was like, yes, do this. Um, I've been really happy. So I think it's my, you know, the most valuable lesson I've learned is to, to trust that, that intuitive wisdom I have inside of me. Nice, I like that.
1: Well, thank you for joining us today, teaching us about- your your story, your experiences, lessons along the way. And so much else has been great reconnecting with you. And I hope to see you at an in-person event, hopefully once we're uh, outside of the, the COVID era. If folks want to reach out, if they want to learn more about you, if they want to learn more about your uh, educational business for women who want to invest in real estate or anything else like that, your syndicated deals, what have you, where can they track you down?
0: Best place is my website, reigoddesses.com. Goddesses.com. there you can find out connect with me on socials and all the things and find our investor club etc all
1: right great well thank you once again for joining us today to everybody out there thank you for tuning in if you're enjoying the show please leave us a rating or review on apple Podcasts. i appreciate that so much that helps other people learn about the show that helps us rank higher in the apple podcast ecosystem I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a good, warm, and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.